Are you leading change in your organization? Maybe you are wondering what it's really like to lead during a transformation. Welcome to When Women Lead Change with Danielle Hawk. Get insights from senior and executive level women across various industries and sectors as we spotlight their journey in leading significant change in their respective organizations. You will also hear from subject matter experts in the areas of strategic change, project management, and human resources on what it takes to thrive in this role. Because leading during steady state is not the same as leading during change. And now, here's your host, Danielle Hawk. Thank you for tuning in to the past episodes of When Women Lead Change. We've heard a variety of great subject matter experts share their perspective on the strengths that leaders bring to the table when it comes to leading complex transformations. Don't worry, there will be more women you will hear from in the coming weeks. And just so you know, this podcast is still in its infancy stage. And so we're experimenting a bit with the content and frequency. So please bear with us as we try to find new ways to use this platform to help women get better at leading change. So my intention was not to create very many solo episodes, but I have been able to pick up on a few themes in listening in on our guests. There's so much richness in the stories, but not much time to unpack some of the content or concepts that are referenced or hinted at. So in this episode, I want to take some time to share some perspective and thoughts around emotional intelligence and maybe offer up some ways to examine your own emotional intelligence. Because of behaviors that many of our guests have noted in terms of being a strong leader during change really leads back to all of this. In the last couple of episodes in particular, Lauren Ewing from Google and Wendy Axelrod, who is the author of Make Talent Your Business, she's also a great leadership development expert, both of them brought to light the importance of emotional intelligence for the leaders that they worked with. Now, neither of them spoke directly to this or referenced the term emotional intelligence, but many of the behaviors that they described the leader possessing reflected a high level of emotional intelligence. So my sense is that if you are a leader for any period of time, maybe you've been in a leadership role for maybe five to 10 years at this point, you probably have been exposed to the concept of emotional intelligence. But in the event that this term or phrase is new to you, this concept was first introduced to the work world by Daniel Goldman. Daniel Goldman is a behavioral scientist and the author of the book, Emotional Intelligence, a bestseller that he published many years ago and continues to be referenced when talking about leaders. So when we talk about emotional intelligence, there are four components that make up emotional intelligence. It's self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and social skills. I'm going to go through these very quickly. And if you have pen and paper, feel free to jot some of this down. So self-awareness is the ability to recognize and understand your own moods and emotions and drives, as well as your effect on others. So it's really being able to take yourself off of autopilot and, and notice as well as understand your emotional state. So for example, it's noticing when you're getting defensive in a status meeting with stakeholders and recognizing that you may have been a little bit too forceful in your responses. And it's also recognizing that how you responded, your tone, your energy ended up impacting the rest of that meeting 
it's, it's being able to recognize those dynamics and those things about yourself and your impact on others. I think it's also having a clear understanding of what you're good at and what you're not so good at. It's really recognizing when you don't have the answers. All this is very important when leading change. So let's move on to self-management. Now, I think a lot of people think of this as emotional intelligence in and of itself. Um, And oftentimes that's when we might say, hmm, this person really lacks emotional intelligence because they just blew up in a meeting and they weren't able to control themselves or compose themselves. But again, this is one component of emotional intelligence. So self-management is the ability to control or redirect disruptive impulses and moods. It's the propensity to suspend judgment, to think before acting. I mean, this is obviously very important when it comes to leading change. It's it's your ability to absorb the resistance that your project might be getting or that you might be getting. It's avoiding those knee-jerk reactions. So, for example, say you're in a project meeting and a team lead makes an unrealistic recommendation or suggestion, maybe to alter the timeline or to go with a different approach entirely, like midstream. I mean, it's really you knowing how to respond in a way that does not belittle that person or that idea or does not alienate that person and being able to dial yourself back if you really think it's something that is very, very unreasonable and making sure that you just have the right language to respond. So now let's go to social awareness. It's the ability to understand the emotional makeup of other people and having a skill in treating people according to their emotional state or emotional reactions. So I know some of this sounds very textbookish. So in terms of social awareness, at the heart of this, it's really being able to sit with the emotions of other people. It's being able to sit with how people are reacting to the change, their concerns and fears, and respond in a way that recognizes the impact. I mean, I've sat around the table of many project rooms, if you will, and I've heard a leader say, well, the train has already left the station. Everyone just needs to get on board. And I've heard that comment being made in front of the people impacted. So this is really about processing the feelings of others and knowing the right way to respond based on the emotions presented to you. It's waiting to pause, hear more, listen more versus simply move on to the next slide. So social skills, that's the proficiency in managing relationships and building networks and ability to find common ground and build rapport. Now, some of this is just a natural ability to be a connector, frankly. For others, it's being very strategic and taking a very systems thinking approach and knowing where to connect the dots and seeing where there are going to be synergies, where there are going to be similar impacts, just where all the things come together. So you really do know how to build that coalition of support. I remember working with a leader who was just naturally good at this and was just really able to bring the right people to the table, had a very 
comfortable way of entering into conversations and discussions, very much was a team player and very collaborative, even though that person was leading the effort. And so that's just a little bit of what social skills looks like and why that's so important when we're talking about leading change. So I've shared a brief summary of the four components of emotional intelligence and how they relate to change. So my suggestion would be for you to take a look at each of these components and really just go down the list and ask yourself, you know, where is the growth opportunity here? Which one is an area where if I really worked on it, I could move the needle in terms of my emotional intelligence? You may be able to look at this with the lens of an actual change effort that's coming up or that you're engaged in. And you could identify which area do you feel like is a strength for you and you're showing up really well. And perhaps an area that, again, is an opportunity for growth um, that would be helpful in your role as a leader leading change. And this is a very high level kind of self-assessment, if you will, very informal that you can do just to start you thinking about it. If you want to go deeper, I would definitely suggest that you work with a coach, engage a coach on this, because you could make a lot of great effort. You can make a lot of great progress in developing in these areas when you're working with a coach. The other option is to actually complete an assessment. There is an assessment that's out there that's been widely used. It's called EQI 2.0. Again, it's EQI 2.0. It is has been created by uh, MHS Assessments. You can Google that and get a lot of information and detail on that. And the EQI 2.0 measures five distinct aspects of emotional and social functioning. And while I gave you the four components of emotional intelligence, I mean, they use a little bit of different wording here, um, but it definitely hits on each of those. And I think what the only one that's different or that's like distinctive, I should say, is the stress management. I think coping with challenges might be a little bit more specific and a little bit different than the ones that I've mentioned before. But I mean, it's a great assessment and it is about 15 to 20 minutes to complete. And it's just a very comprehensive view of your strengths and weaknesses. Just so you know, I am not being sponsored by MHS assessments. I just know that this tool is is great and I have colleagues who've used it before. And again, I think it's a great way for you to get some real data and for you to also use this to work with a coach as well. So that's all I have for this episode. Thank you again for listening to When Women Lead Change. I definitely hope um, our content has been helpful and looking forward to sharing additional insights from leaders and subject matter experts around leading change.